Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 136 of the Deaf Free Dad podcast. Today, we are going to be revealing six big misconceptions and maybe a few other ones about debt freedom. Misconceptions like, do you guys still have a budget even though you're debt free? I mean, you guys must have made a lot of money or you continue to make a lot of money to stay out of debt or to get out of debt. Or one of my favorites that I've heard over the years is, man, you guys are just lucky. I mean, I can't imagine being out of debt, right? We're going to be tackling these misconceptions and more on today's show. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now, here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, 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 how is everyone doing today? You can find me on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad. And welcome to today's show. So glad that you guys are going to be joining us. Uh, by the way, to poke a little fun at myself, uh, we are on TikTok now. <laughs> this, there's this one video about uh, what was it? It was about uh, oh, how what do you how do you overspend the most? Or you know, what do most people overspend the most on? And I answered this TikTok. And, and granted, we're new to TikTok, and and I just randomly posted this. It's got like 145,000 views, and and. So many people have commented that it's too long. <laughs> the video is too long. You could answer this in like four seconds, which guys, it, it shocks me how many people have said that because it's like if the video was already too long, you then took more time to comment on it. <laughs> Does that make sense? But they to you watched guys? it all the way through to find out the answer. Right, right. <laughs> right. You held their attention somehow. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I yeah. mean, I do. I, I have set a timer to I'm like, Brad. It's a little too long. Let's get to the point. Yeah. Well, no, and what's funny is my, what's funny is I, I released that right before we went on vacation and I, I didn't even think anything of it. I watched it. I was like, yeah, it's good enough. Posted it. Didn't even think anything of it. It's like, we have like, at the time we had posted, we had like 500 followers. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. Right. And so we're camping. And the funny thing is my wife comes out of the camper and she says, Brad, I think I just saw the video that everyone's commenting on that you needed to get to the point. And even I was saying, Brad, you need to get to the point. <laughs> uh, so I thought it was funny. I was going to, I have to leave it up there. It's like one of those ones where it's like, oh, well, you know, you live and learn. <laughs> it's awesome. Isn't, you, isn't no, it you crazy? Never take it down. And they're crazy though. These days, like 30 seconds is too long. Yeah. Like uh -huh. just think of like how far we've come where it's like literally 30 seconds is like, you rambled on for five minutes. It's yeah. 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, it's crazy. So TikTok has been an adventure. So if you're on TikTok and want to follow us, just search for Deaf Free Dad. We're on there. Uh, love to have you. We post a lot of clips from the podcast and some additional stuff that's on there. But uh, remember, guys, to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show, head over to balancedsense.com forward slash 136. That's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S dot com forward slash one. Three, six. So today we are going to be talking about common misconceptions about debt freedom. And uh, as I was telling Ryan and Amber before we hit the record button today, uh, one of the reasons why this show was created was because my wife went on a trip to Mexico. Uh, she is in direct sales and she earned a trip to go to Mexico. And uh, she had gotten some comments and, and not rude comments or 
Um, I, I would say negative comments, but you know, co- people making comments that were debt free and a lot of what we're going to be talking about today came from this trip and, and, and it comes from other things too. I just thought it was interesting that she had heard so many of these misconceptions while she was down there. It's like, well, we got to do a show about this. This is interesting, right? So uh, we're going to rattle off some of these, but the, the first one that she had heard uh, when she, she was asked if she was going to be going on an excursion and uh, she's like, no, I'm just, I'm, I didn't have any, I didn't put any money in the budget for that. We're just going to hang out and just relax and chill out here. And, and someone was like, you're debt free. Why do you have a budget? Right. <laughs> hey, you guys have had or heard that before, right? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so that I could stay debt free. <laughs> right. Exactly. But isn't it, is it fascinating how many people think that because you reach financial freedom or debt freedom that you don't have to follow the rules that got you there, you know? And it's like, we've, we've said it, at least I know I've said it in, in workshops and even on this podcast that, um, you know, we, we, we have to follow the rules almost even more because when you don't have any payments, you actually have more money to, to waste, right? If you don't have a plan. And so I always think it's funny, but I think, I think it goes back to this whole idea that a lot of people have this mindset that, you know, a budget is just for people who are broke. You know, marketing has made the word budget seem cheap, penny pincher, inexpensive, right? And at the end of the day, it's, it's just a plan for your money. And I think when people associate budget and they say financial freedom or debt freedom, it's like, why, why would you still need to do that? Like, you should only need to do that if you're broke. Uh, I just, I just found that one interesting. Well, even, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I would even argue that, uh, you know, when getting that now that we're debt free budgeting, needs, it, I don't want to say it's more important, but we feel like it is more important because getting into debt, like by this time next month, I could be back into a whole lot of debt within, I mean, tomorrow I could be I easily just be right back where I was within a very short amount of time. Um, so for us, like once we got debt free, there was a part of us where it's like, oh, we don't have to budget, but it's very, very, very easy to just let old habits take over, old mindsets take over. And suddenly before you know it, you're like, why do we have a balance on the credit card again? Uh, because we're not budgeting, you know, and because it's easy to think you don't have to, when you get out of debt, but you do have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. We've even even had some roots members that have reached debt freedom and they slid back into it, you know, mm-hmm. because again, they didn't keep following the rules and practicing and being consistent with it. It, it does happen. Well, and staying on a budget though, too, like it gives you that clear vision, but if you're in a relationship and we've talked about, you know, in a relationship and how it helps your relationship. Um, but it really helps us stay in check with our goals. Like we got to sit down, we got to discuss our goals. We got to talk about them. We got to decide like, are we going in the same direction? Do we got to shift some stuff around? It's really important to have that budget, whether you're debt free or not, especially when you're in a relationship. Yeah. No question. Yeah. No question. Another one I got was, uh, you, you must, um, well, I, I've gotten the big house before and it's funny because Cassie, who edits our podcast, is going to hear this. <laughs> but she, I remember when she first started doing work for uh, Cassie is one of my one of my team members. She also does work for my wife, and um, I remember when she early on came over, we were talking about money and finance, and, and I remember saying this when we were renting a house, and the house that we were renting was really small, and, and I said, Cassie, I bet you were pretty surprised when you came over here. I mean, you knew that we were debt free, and you've known Sarah for a long time. Uh, and I bet you were pretty surprised when you came to our house and this is where we live. She's like, Oh yeah. She's like, I expected 
that you guys would live in a big house, right? Because we were debt free or that that's, that's, I guess what was in her mind of what we would have. Or the other one we hear is, uh, we, you know, we must drive really, really nice cars all the time or have brand new cars. And I personally don't, it doesn't mean that people who are financially free or debt free can't have those things. It's just that for me, that is a misconception about us and our lifestyle. I mean, you guys can obviously speak to this yourselves, but um, like, I don't have nice cars. I, I drive an 06 Chevy Silverado. My wife drives an 05 Silverado, or I'm sorry, 05 Explorer. And, um, you know, our house is a pretty modest average ranch. It's it's not anything super fancy, right? But uh, but a lot of people make that assumption that, oh, because you're debt-free, you, you must have, you know, you must have nicer things. Yeah, and for, uh, I mean, for us, I mean, I will say, I mean, when I was what... I don't want to say my age, man. It's hard to believe it's been that long ago. But when I was a kid, I remember watching uh, Back to the Future and watching Marty McFly get that nice Toyota truck. Oh, yeah. So um, once we got debt freedom, I will say 100%. I, I have a truck and I mimicked it you know, somewhat off of that. Cause that ever since my whole life, I've just, I always wanted a truck like that. It is a nice thing we had, but we downsized the house when we got out of debt, we downsized and the whole intent was we're going to downsize. And when we get out of debt, we're going to buy a bigger house and we don't want to do it because I think the reality is and what we found out after getting out of debt is what you're, what we'd have to give up with all the freedom and choice and all of, and I would just say freedom in general, just the freedom to make choices, not have the, the, you know, that, that feeling of like this huge payment on your shoulders, you know, we could afford it, but it's, you're trading it for something you're trading, yeah. you know, potentially fights with your spouse again about it. You're trading like sleepless nights or what if this happens? What if that happens? It's like, I don't have to worry about all of that. So it's like, I, can we have it? Sure. We could have nicer things. But what we found is I don't, besides my truck, we don't really want all that other stuff that comes with it because we have to trade peace of mind for it. And I don't want that. Yeah. yeah I found our values changed. Like you, you know, you're like, yeah, I went on a, we got out of debt and then we were planning on rebuying a, a bigger house, right? Your values change when you get out of debt and it's so different. And, you know, I look now and I'm like, I don't want a big house. Not only will it be a bigger payment but it's going to be more to clean. It's more time taken away from me. I, you know, more stuff to manage. I don't need an extra, all that stuff. And you just, you, it's like a switch turns off and you're like, nah, I got better things to do with my money. Yeah. It's interesting how the mindset changes. We hear this from so many people too. Um, and I think it all comes down to, uh, you know, again, if you're, if you're an individual who's listening to this, you're like, man, you guys are crazy. I, I like my new car or whatever it might be. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's not to say that, uh, you can't have those things if you want to reach financial freedom and and buy yourself a new car or a newer car or a bigger house. You know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but I think it comes down to uh, creating and and really listing out what your individual priorities are. Whether you're single or you're in a relationship with somebody, you know what what are the priorities in your life? And and for us, like like I'm just not that excited about cars or big houses. They just don't really do much for me. And very much kind of like what what you mentioned, Ryan, is that I feel like you know, we could have afforded a much bigger house if we really wanted one. But, you know, again, that steals so much extra resources of money. Uh, you know, it creates more worry, creates more tension if things get tight. And and we just didn't want any of that. And it's like, well, why, why welcome more of that into our life when we don't have to, when this house is more than enough than what we need. And then on top of that, you get a bigger house. What happens? You get more stuff 
to put in a bigger house, right? So it's like it's like this domino effect of, you know, you get all this stuff and then you get a bigger house and you're likely probably in a more affluent neighborhood and you've got neighbors now that are social influence where you're trying to maybe keep up with them and their lifestyle, right? It's it is this trickle effect, right? And and so uh for me it was just it's just not worth it. So that's just one of the things that's just not top on our list. Uh another one is uh mostly not not necessarily now I don't hear this one as much but uh, it was it was mostly like to get out of debt you have to have a lot of money or make a lot of money. And when I was getting out of debt, when I got out of debt and I, and I don't have the exact numbers because admittedly I didn't track hardly anything. That's one of the mistakes that I made when I was getting out of debt. But I never like when I was getting out of debt, none of this stuff was even thought of. This podcast, my business, helping people with this, it was it was just something that I I didn't even have my radar. So I didn't really track anything, but I estimate I was probably making around $45,000 a year when, when I officially got out of debt. Um, and we see people making average and typical incomes and making tremendous, you know, progress with their finances. Now, does, does more income help when you've got a good financial plan? Sure. Heck yeah, it does. I mean, that's math, right? But this whole idea that you have to make a lot of money or have a lot of money, uh, to successfully navigate yourself out of debt is just not true. Now, if you don't have a ton of income or a bigger shovel, what does that mean? It just means it might take you a little bit longer or you might have to find ways to increase your income, work side jobs, things like that. But, you know, I, I hear that one a lot is that, you know, this whole idea, you have to have a lot of money to get out of debt. Well, in, in, in reality for, you know, my wife and I have always worked, um, you know, I would say we, we've made a a, you know, a decent income, but I would also say if you don't make a decent income, if you look at the amount of debt we had probably compared to what a lot of people have who make less, um, we had a, a huge amount of debt. I mean, we paid off close to $160,000 in debt. And, you know, so sometimes it's just relative, like, yes, you may make less, but you may not have as big of a pile. It took us a long time to do it because we had a lot more debt. So I think it's just sometimes it's, you look at that and say, I don't make a lot of money, so I can't be successful. And it's not true. I mean, we were successful. It took us a long time too, because we had a lot more to get through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people also uh, miss that. And we see this time and time again, is that as you take control of your finances, it's, it's amazing that a lot of more people find ways to make more money. Either they get raises, they get bonuses. Well, we see it all the time. And, you know, it's amazing what we see as single people do with practicing and taking action with a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast and what they're able to do with just a single income. Uh, so, you know, this whole attitude again, that, that you have to have this sizable income to, to be able to make progress. It's just not true. You, you're probably just not going about it the right way. And, uh, your way is just not working. Uh, another one <laughs> that we will hear, especially, um, and Amber, I think, you know, you've, you've spoken about this before, but when we use the reason of, why we're not buying something or why we're not going to participate in something as, uh, yeah, it's just not in our, our monthly, you know, our budget. It's just not in the plan this month. Yeah. We're just, we're just not going to be able to do it. Um, you'll hear, well, you can afford it. You're, what are you talking about? You're debt free, right? What are you talking about? You can afford it. Um, but here's the thing, being debt free does not mean you have endless funds of money just to waste on a bunch of stuff, right? We practice this whole idea that every dollar has a purpose. It's got a goal. It's got a name. Right. And uh, that's how you stay focused on your goals. That's how you reach your goals. So now, are there times where we might, because we're human, right? We let poor behaviors creep in once in a while. Sure. No question. Right. I'm not saying that we get this perfect, but we do hear that when we do stand our ground and say, you know, we're just not going to do that. We're going to participate. 
um, you know, you get the whole, well, you're, you're deaf free, right? Well, I think too, though, so many people say like, you could afford it, right? And then what they're really thinking is you could afford the payment. Like, because, yeah, because so many people, you're deaf free. You could afford that. Yeah, I, I could, I could go out tomorrow and buy a brand new car. Sure. I can afford the payment. I don't want it. Right. <laughs> it's not in my plan. So a lot of people think you can afford that vacation. Just put it on a credit card because you could pay it off because you're debt free. You right. don't have any debt. You don't have to worry about it. I think that's where that mentality comes in. And sometimes I want, uh, I mean, I'm just going to be have a moment of honesty here. I miss having that mentality sometimes. <laughs> I will just be honest with you because Ignorance like, we're, is bliss, we're, in right? situa- <laughs> we're in a situation right now. Like my wife and I are planning to go on a vacation in September and we have some things happening that may cause us that we have to buy another vehicle. We don't, my wife doesn't have a vehicle. Um, she just has used our kids vehicles that we have, but they're getting to the point where they don't have one and she might need one where she needs. So we're just like, you know, oh, so like we are having that, we're having that discussion, right? Like we're going to, if this all works out, we're, we're just not going to go on this vacation and we can afford to do it. We can afford to go and do that. But from a, responsible thing to do and the right thing to do. And, you know, if we're going to really follow this thing, we have to make the adult decision to not go. And it sucks because there's part of me that just wants to be like, we're still doing it. We deserve it, but but we're not going to. Right. And I think that that's the big thing that we've learned through this is that even though we can afford it and all these excuses, we can tell ourselves, we're going to just, we're going to, you know, if it all works out then we're going to cancel it. It's funny you say that because Paul and I just, changed our vacation plans. He's got a week off at the end of, of July and we had plans to drive to a friend's house and another province. And we just looked at each other and go, I don't think it's happening this year. A bunch of stuff came up. And so we're going to go to the trailer, yep. <laughs> spend yep. the time at camp where it's free. Yep. It's the same thing that happened with us this for our vacation. You know, we take a, like a 10 day, you know, vacation at camp, but we try to do activities. You know, we just don't sit at camp for 10 days. And uh, this year we couldn't because we had the HVAC go out back in, you know, late March, early April, and we're still replenishing our emergency fund and getting things set back up and had to replenish some sinking funds. And it's, yeah, I agree, right? It's, it sucks, right? It's just like, wait, let's just do it anyways, right? You only live once. Like some of that old mentality is still there, but we stuck to our guns and we spent 10 days at camp. We made the best of it. Um, but yeah, it's not always easy uh, to follow the rules, right? <laughs> that's where we get the the label you guys are boring <laughs> the next one is uh you're a cheapskate right and and people confuse i think debt freedom with the fact that you have to scrimp and save and cheap your way to to everything and i think people confuse intentional financial living with with just being cheap in general right uh so for instance like Someone and in fact, I'm going to bring up TikTok again. But on the video that I had created about you know why we don't drive expensive cars, even though that we're debt free, one of one of the per, one of the and I don't understand this comment in general, but one of the people was like, "Yeah, but you guys live in shacks. You only live once, right?" And it's like, well, no, I actually don't live in a shack. I live in a pretty decent house, and it's and it's nice, and um, but people confuse the fact that because I cheap out on what other people typically don't cheap out on, that makes me cheap. And it's like, well, no, I, I just choose to spend money in areas where a lot of other people don't spend, or I choose to save money in areas where a lot of people don't save. 
Uh, I choose to have an emergency fund where a lot of people don't have that. I choose to invest and, you know, put money into retirement where a lot of people aren't doing a lot of that, right? So it's it's not cheap. It's just, it's more intentional living. And I always think it's funny with the whole, you only live once. Because I totally, um, I remember, I remember this feeling 100%. Um, it just, you know, I was kind of doing a little research and kind of seeing that Business Insider had posted this thing. Uh, it's already a number of years old, 2014. So these numbers are probably increased by then. But it's just interesting that children born today, about two thirds will live past the age of 80. And so if you think of like having this mentality of like, you only live once, man, who cares? Just ride the wave. It's going to be awesome. And it's all fun and awesome when we're young. And as you start getting to be 50 and 60 and 70 and 80, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be paying for that. You know, I mean, reality is if we would have just kept on our ways, I mean, we would have literally depended on our children probably for help and not been in any shape or form to ever have any resemblance of a retirement and basically probably worked until we were dead. And and it's like, that would have been my life to, to only live once and to not care and who, who cares what happens. Like, it sounds fun when you're young. I totally get it. I was young too. And I yep. get it, but um, it's just, I mean, that's the reality for, you know, if you're young and listening to this, I mean, you are going to, you have a very high chance of living till you're past 80 years old at this point. Um, and I think there's this idea that, like, you know, well, you could die tomorrow. You could, but the odds are very stacked against you that you're not going to. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that one of the blessings of what I get to do is because I get to work with a lot of people who are in their older years and getting ready to retirement. And a lot of people join Roots to kind of get them set up and get them in a better place. And and I hear the regret in their voice. And I hear, you know, someone who's in their late 50s, early 60s, even mid mid to you know late sixties and and I've had calls with those individuals and that motivates me. It's like, look, I I don't want to have to have that kind of regret and and very much like we kind of talked about. Yeah, I mean the money that we put into our emergency fund, like we're rebuilding that right now. The money that we put into investing, sure, there are times when it's tempting to be like, I'm not going to do that this month. Instead, we're going to go on a nice vacation or we're going to do something different with it, right? Um, but uh, but the reality is is that. You're, you're right. I mean, you, you got to start saving for the future. But that that whole, you know, the whole idea of that, you know, you're cheap because you just don't spend money on what a lot of other people spend money on or you're not as frivolous as a lot of other people are. You're, you know, you have more control over impulsive spending. Uh, it, it doesn't make you cheap. It just means that, you know, we've become a lot more intentional and, and we, we just behave better uh, with money. But here's the thing. People get defensive when they see you behaving with money because it looks poorly on them and their habits, right? <laughs> so they're literally just projecting when they say things like that in a lot of ways. Um, and then last but not least, one of my favorites and probably the one that probably ticks me off the most because I know how hard it was for us to get out of debt and how much work we had to put into this to actually be successful with it is uh, this whole idea of, well, you, you guys just must be lucky, right? Must have just bet all luck, right? And Oh yeah, you won the lottery. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and people love to blame everybody but themselves. Everybody but themselves. They'll blame everybody, right? Except for who's really to blame. You've got to get out of the whole blame game. And you've got to realize in a lot of cases, and, and I get that, you know, there are some of these outside circumstances that are going to weigh heavily on your finances, you know, like things like inflation and, 
you know, you know, society. I get that those things play a role, but you as an individual, until you realize and stand up and say, like, I am the problem and I am also the solution and you're willing to take action to become that solution, uh, nothing's going to change for you. And and this is I, I I have just given up arguing with people who who are just adamant that it's anyone else's fault but their own. Right. It's it's their job. It's it's their it's their boss. It's their spouse. It's I mean, it's just a laundry list of everybody but themselves. And these are the same people who say, well, you're you're just lucky, right? You just must have just lucked out. And and I got to tell you, luck has nothing to do with it. It was hard work to get out of debt. And we talk about it. That's one of the reasons why this podcast, I think, is is continuing to grow. The audience is growing because, again, I I think having gone through and done this work, people want to know what we did. They want to be able to put that work in. They don't want the stress, right? Uh, but you got to realize it's not luck. It, it all comes from hard work. And there's that whole quote of, you know, luck happens when hard work and opportunity meet, essentially, you know, and, and that's true. And there are some things that have worked out better in our ways, but only because we took action to work our way out of debt. If we haven't worked our way out of debt, you know, some of the things that I've been able to enjoy since being debt free would have never happened. Right. But by taking action, you know, things will start to go your way. Motivation and momentum will go your way and, and you'll have what they say is more luck. Right. Well, and that when you get out of debt, you know, you're celebrating, you're talking about it. They didn't see the last two years. <laughs> right. While you're trudging through the trenches, like, you know, and the same, like you said, same with the job, a really good job. You, you land this awesome job. Wow. You're so lucky. I never be able to land that. They didn't see the last 10 years that, that person worked up the ladder to get to that job. They just didn't see that. It's the same concept. You're just seeing the end result and thinking, Ooh, you're lucky. No, we worked our asses off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a whole iceberg I, I, graphic. And I, and I yeah. And I think, you know, you're, I wasn't successful with money my whole life until my wife and I sat down and just said, this is our, we did this. Like we were, we were responsible for this and we have to be responsible to clean it up because we played the blame game for years. I don't make enough money. If I just get that raise, if this just happens and we just dug ourselves deeper and deeper and until that moment when we took responsibility is when we started making headway. Hey, if you love planners, this is for you. But do you know why planners frustrate me, though? Because they only get it half right. Now, sure, they're really fancy at helping you manage your time, which is really important. But where they get it wrong is money. Most planners don't include any financial planning. Things like keeping track of paydays, bills and due dates, spending, yearly expenses, budgets, cash flow planning, debt elimination plans, goal planning. And that's a real pain. Then you've got to go and create your own. And who's got time for all of that? So instead, what happens? Nothing. We ignore our finances even more and things only get worse. Well, that all ends right now today. I am so excited to announce the release of our brand new, totally awesome debt freedom planner. Now, before you say, Brad, I've already got a planner. Well, this is not your ordinary day planner. This debt freedom planner is a companion tool that works with your day planner to help you save more money, pay off more debt and melt away financial stress. This is literally the tool that we've all been waiting for that works with your planner to help you take control of your money. So head on over to therealdebtfreedad.com. Click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu to get all the details to order your very own Debt Freedom Planner today. Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party. Let's dance! All right. 
that sound means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And today we're kicking it off with Mandy Johnson. Mandy says, just recently, uh, I deleted my Visa from my iPhone wallet. Also put a Visa card in my drawer at home and deleted the banking app right from my phone as well. That will make impulse buying harder for me. It saved me yesterday from stopping at the store for a want that I really didn't need. Mandy, just sometimes those little things, they don't seem super significant, but those things can can save you a lot and uh, cut down on the distractions. Awesome win. Brenda, Phil Hauer, I paid off nearly $1,000. It's so amazing. Before it felt hopeless. I tried two other financial programs. They were too complicated and hard to follow. Thank you, Brad. This is such a wonderful program. It's easy to understand. Making a budget is easy to do. The only hard part is changing spending habits. I love this program because there is such wonderful support from you, Brad, and the group. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome, Brenda. And for her to say that budgeting is now easy. That's such a great way. Brenda, congratulations to you. That's awesome. Oh, you're muted. Uh, Deidre Scott, I sold some old video games and made $70 today. Emergency fund is at $1,500. So I'm starting to pull all extra money on debt, including the $70. That's awesome, Deidre. Congratulations to you. Income producing activities. Love it. Uh, Ashley Wood, I sold my uh, camp trailer this week because it had never been used. Was able to fully fund my emergency fund again, pay off a credit card and move to my next debt on my snowball. Slowly making progress, but I'm finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I love that. Thanks, everyone, for your success stories and your encouragement. Ashley, such great wins. Congratulations to you. Amanda Lee, I joined Roots beginning of the year, shortly after I started the envelope system, and since I have been able to pay for all of my massages in cash. That is awesome. Wait, she's getting massages while she's getting out of debt, and she's paying cash. Imagine that, everybody. Amanda, great, great win. Huge congratulations to all of you guys who are working your way to less financial stress and financial freedom. And remember, if you're just getting started with the podcast or maybe you've been listening for some time and you're really interested in how you can get started on the road to financial freedom, you can head over to our website, balancesense.com or therealdebtfreedad.com and sign up for our free Life Without Payments workshop. In this workshop, I'm going to show you the very first steps that have helped the thousands of people that we have helped over the years, just like you and I, kick financial stress and financial worry for good. And thanks for hanging out with us here today. We love your feedback, and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review. We read every single one of those. And as you guys know, the Debt Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you guys, and we will see you guys on an upcoming episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to therealdebtfreedad.com.